High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, listeners and slumbers from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and of course, today. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, believe it or not, I know you're on your winter break, but we have some homework to chat about. Because High School Slumber Party, our school, is still in session. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. So who here is panicking? Who out there is, you know, like, oh my god, what was my homework? I don't remember. Well, that's just proof that you didn't do your homework last week. Because if you listened to last week's episode on Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with guests Mike Manzi and Shawnee Mead, I might add, if you listened to that episode, you'd know that there was no real homework this week. So kind of got you there. But I guess, you know, if there was any homework, it was one of these easy, easy things like the X amount of points on the SATs, you're going to get credit for just showing up today. I know the holiday season is a busy time, and you're hustling and bustling, going from here to there, going from this parent's house to that grandparent's house. I get it. Trust me. So I really, really appreciate you taking out the time and listening to High School Slumber Party, you know, throughout your busy schedule. Hopefully, we'll have some fun. Hopefully, the levity of today's episode will relieve that holiday stress and help you usher in the new year. I should ask, if you celebrate, how is your Christmas? How is your Hanukkah going? How is whatever December holiday you celebrate, or don't celebrate, how's all that going? Hopefully it's cool. Hopefully when you were at the dinner table, not to get selfish, but hopefully you mentioned High School Slumber Party and you did the thing that helps this podcast out the most, which is mentioning High School Slumber Party to a friend or relative in this case. Like I said, it makes a good stocking stuffer. And if you didn't do that, or even if you did, always remember to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And again, just a reminder, you could always listen to us on the mothership, on the website that started it all, that's cageclub.me, cageclub.me. So many other great shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network that you can find there, High School Slumber Party included, but again, a lot of great content. You definitely want to check it out. 
Now this this week again, since I knew you you guys are probably tied up with a lot of busy things, I wanted to make it something different, something simple, a special, if you will. No movie this week, but then again, all the movies this week, because, well, we're gonna talk about decades and all the films of the decades. We are ending a decade in just a couple days. The 2010s are coming to an end. And originally, the concept for the show was like, let's talk about the greatest high school movies of this decade. But we were like, nah. Let's talk about the greatest high school films of all decades. What decade maybe had the best film, 80s, 90s, 70s, this past decade maybe. And when I say we, me of course, your party host, but also the godfather himself, the co-founder of the aforementioned Cage Club Podcast Network, Joey Lewandowski, will be here. And we're going to, you know, have this free-flowing conversation about, well, all the high school films of the decade, what they mean, and hopefully you can chime in after you listen, or while you're listening, I don't care. And of course, class participation is important, and you can chime in on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, or you can email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. That's highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. All right, all right, I get it. That's the bell. You want to get out of here. You're questioning, what are you doing in a classroom on winter break, on your holiday break? Because, like, at least when I went to school, you know, you got that Christmas and New Year's right in between there. You got that off, so you shouldn't be here. I get it. So let's just get this over with. Pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's. Because we're about to get our party on. Let's not delay the Joey Lewandowski energy any further. Class dismissed. Joey, thanks for stopping by here on the Slumber Party, being the last slumberer, if you will. Well, not slumber. I guess the last guest of <laughs> not just the year 2019, but the decade. Well, you know, I, I have a, a joke sort of on the network that, like, when you have a new podcast, I better be your first guest. And I wasn't for your show, but on the flip side of that joke, I want to say that you are the only person, as far as I know, who has made me, well, actually, I guess HTML as well, who has made me the final guest of the decade. Like, I, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's like an unwritten rule, but I think it's a nice gesture. Like, hey, swing on by, uh, say hello, usher out the decade, or usher in the new decade, either way. But, uh, you know, you're, you're making up for past sins by inv- inviting me here, and I am so grateful <laughs> to be here. I should have asked people to play this. Well, let's see how long it ends up being. 
but we should count down the new year at the end of it. And that's how people should celebrate their new year, listening to this episode. Sure. I mean, we could do it right now, and then, like, from the next, you know, the next hour is just in the new year. <laughs> when does this come out anyway? I think it's a little bit ahead of that. 27th, I think. So the podcast has to be four and a half days long. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever, you know. Let's just take it as a, a, a last goodbye for... The decade, but not forever, of course. High school slumber party. Should all the acquaintance be? Should we do duet? Like, (laughs) it's just the the month of duets for me. So, oh yeah, I do like though on your on your last week's episode that you apologized for butchering the song after playing the song for a second time. Like, I thought that was a very very nice joke that you pulled. So, (laughs) I hope the slumberers enjoyed that as much as I did. I I hope so too, or or maybe not. I don't know, but. So this is going to be a little bit different of an episode, as I explained in the intro. It's not talking about a particular movie, but just some of the highlights of, well, not just this decade, but of all decades. Because you and I were talking about like what mm-hmm. the show could be, and we had some crazy out there ideas and you know maybe some grounded ones. And then as I thought about it, I was like, you know, this is a very interesting genre decade wise because well yeah all movies change every decade it's not like a flip of the calendar or anything like that changes it but like there are very distinctive types of high school movies in a lot of these decades if that makes sense and some are way better than others like i mean i don't know what your opinion is but in movies in general i think each decade kind of evens out like you might have a favorite but I'd argue like the 10 best movies every decade could stand against the 10 best movies every other decade. I'm just talking about movies in general now, not just high school movies. Sure. And I have a theory, and this is something that I've said so many times in my Fantasy Baseball League in our Tub Talk thread that people use it now as sort of like a punchline from time to time. But I really do think that every year is a good year for movies and anything, you know, music or video games or books or whatever, whatever you're into. I think every year is a good year for that if you try hard enough to find new things. Like, I think that if you just go by box office, like blockbusters, there might be a down year, there might be an up year, whatever. But if you look at the top five, top ten movies of a year or of a decade or whatever, I think every year has stuff that's like just truly killer knockout movies or TV shows or whatever. And I would agree with you that I think if you look on a decade by decade basis, there's certain decades like, you know, I skew newer. So I probably, you know, when we get to that, like, what's the best decade? I'm probably, no, I don't want to spoil things for later in the episode, but like, don't spoil you know, it. I'm, I'm looking newer, but I'm not saying that, like, I don't like the movies in the 70s and 80s and 90s and whatever, because, like, they're all great. Like, it's just on a whole, I, the type of movie. So, long story short, TLDR, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think in this genre, though, like, that might just slightly break it. And I agree with, your premise completely and i think there are gems everywhere but when we you know there's a word i say a lot on this show right iconic yes and i think certain films and certain and certain decades had more iconic films rather than like good or bad there are some that have i guess translated through the years more than others and and i definitely want to just like dive into all this so as we were talking I put mm-hmm. a, po- a poll up. Um, it was a quick poll. It was only a couple days, but we got some great responses. And, you know, I, I, I kind of want to talk about that. And I want, you know, you and I just have a kind of open, free-forming discussion. Wherever it takes us, it takes us. But I, from reading these responses, I've made some 
determinations about my own show, actually. And oh, yeah? I'm not going to say it's going to radically change what High School Slumber Party is going to be, but I was like, huh. I just had a moment like that, like a huh moment. And we'll definitely get to that. So let me describe the poll I put out there. Okay. Because what's more fun on an audio podcast than describing <laughs> a poll? But, but, uh, well, know. Darren may say, uh, describing a scene from a movie in which John Travolta eats two pieces of pizza where there's no dialogue. Well, I just I just got to tell you, it's like he takes the two pieces and he just lays <laughs> them over. Just listen to the clip. You're going to hear it. It's like, there's, there's nothing to hear. Of course, you're alluding to the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried's <laughs> description. Because it, it's so funny. You know, he does that. Uh, what is it? What does he call it? Like, food, just food scenes? Or is, I forgot. If Famous food scenes. Famous food scenes. I forgot if there was like a special name like french name or something for it but a lot of them a lot of great ones are so visual because it's food yeah he hasn't done this one but joey have you seen this film and again this is a free-forming conversation guys let of it course. flow but uh have you seen this film called big night no it sounds familiar is it with a with a k or no k no 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 no, no, no. not like a <laughs> like like the night like night time not like big night from night oh directed by stanley tucci directed by the tucci this is like stanley tucci's baby this film like this is okay. like his best friend uh tony shaloub is in it he's obviously in it um, wow this cast is stacked it's awesome it's a i love this film like it's really great but the best scene is the ending it's just like again they've had this big night i'm not going to spoil it this doesn't spoil the ending but one of the characters is making a perfect frittata in the background, and it's just a single shot of this. And it's virtually silent, but it's beautiful. And I'm like, Kyle, that's a famous food scene, a great food scene. You'll never be able to, you know, use that audio because you just hear, like, sizzling for, like, two or three minutes. So, um, the top review on Letterboxd just says, that final scene, dot, 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 everything that went before, the bonds of family, brotherly affection, love, <laughs> all captured in the simple act of frying an egg, just magical. Yeah, yeah, this is like, a, like in the foodie film's world, this is like a known thing, which is, again, this is an amazing scene. Watch it, it doesn't spoil the movie. What, unless you want to like really watch the movie and like have it build to this, fine. But watch this scene, you, Joey, or anyone out there, and mm-hmm. you're like, this is a fucking awesome thing that's happening. Like, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, tangent there. Freeform conversation. We go where we go. <laughs> so, originally I was like, let's talk about this previous decade of films. But it's mm-hmm. not like this show has been around a decade anyway. So, like, I'm like, let's just talk about all decades. So, the poll uh, had a bunch of questions. Now, look, I know there's high school movies before 1970. But frankly, not a lot of them. Well, including one that I just told you about that is a surprise high school movie to all of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. From 1958, Elvis Presley's fourth movie, King Creole, is apparently a high school movie. Which I had no idea. And look, there are some, but certainly the 70s is even a stretch. Like, the high school film as we know it kind of really took off in the 80s, but we have some great ones from the 70s. But regardless... I, I pulled the room, if you will, or whoever answered, and it was the best high school movies of the 70s, and I listed them. You could write them in, though. You could write other ones in. Best high school movies of the 80s, best high school movies of the 90s, best high school movie of the of the noughties, of the double zeros, of, you know, the turn of the century, and then the best uh, high school movies of the tens, the decade we're ending right now. And then really, all those questions I put there, yeah, I wanted to know, but I wanted to really jog people's memory so that they could answer this last one, which was, what's the best decade for teen movies so far? And when I shared this link, this 
poll with my fantasy baseball league, the aforementioned fantasy baseball league, take a drink. Uh, <laughs> everyone was like, oh, def- I think it's also a product of the age range. Like, it's all people. Like, my league is basically, I'm one of the younger people, but it's all sort of like 35 to 40. And like the four or five people who are like very active in the conversation were all like, oh, 80s, hands down. And I think it's just a matter of when, you, it, it's almost like when you grew up, right? Like when you kind of came of age, what did you connect with? Yeah, I think that's fair. But when you just break it down to, and we'll get to it, but there's two decades that I knew were going to go neck and neck, and it did not disappoint, I'll put it that way. Okay. But uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the 70s first. And Joe, I think you're a really appropriate guest, of course, because you're the godfather and you've been on the show a million times, but especially to talk about the 70s, because the first film of the 70s that I ever did on this podcast, you were a guest on, and that was The Last Picture Show. Ooh, so it was the last picture show, but the first 70s picture for you. Yes. (laughs) And this is the shortest list, to be fair, that I put down. But all these movies actually got a vote here. Um, So it was Grease, which we've covered, The Last Picture Show, which we've covered, American Graffiti, which we've recently covered, Carrie, which we haven't done yet, Rock and Roll High School, which we haven't done yet, and Halloween, which we have done. So of the 70s movies, high school movies I've listed... That's the decade with the most coverage, I guess. But that's just, I don't think there are, again, a lot of pinpoint great high school 70s movies, if that makes sense. Because there are a lot, but they're more like the film I did with uh, Alexander Schroeder, Summer School Teachers. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of those kind of films. What would you call that genre, anyway? Exploitation, kind of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like exploitation films. There are a lot of high school exploitation films in the 70s but less ones that are taken seriously because they just didn't take teenage voices seriously. Right. So um, what's your thoughts on, I guess, the 70s in high school films, the movies mentioned, or and what did you end up voting for? I don't remember what I voted for. I, will be, <laughs> I, I was one of the very first votes because as soon as you posted, I was like, oh, got to do it right away. I got to support... You know, support the fellow brethren on the support network. Support the girls. Let me go process of elimination. What would I what I could cross out? I have not seen, I have not done all my homework. I am so sorry. I showed up to every class. I've listened to every episode. I've been there. Perfect <laughs> attendance. Have not always done my homework. So I've not seen Rock and Roll High School. So I would not have voted for that. American Graffiti. I know you just did that wonderful double episode. I haven't seen that in a while. I've been meaning to. And especially your episode. I was like, oh, I really should watch this again. Carrie, I don't think, like, what's interesting to me about the choices here, and I think they do reflect the decade well, is that high school and horror go hand in hand in a way sort of throughout the years that, like, I don't think about it like that, but you cover so many, at least when we force you to sometimes, you cover so <laughs> many horror movies that all do revolve around high school, and in my like my brain doesn't link those two genres or the two themes as much as, I guess, history has proven that's the case. So I don't know that I would have voted for Carrie. I think my, my, my favorite movie on the list of these six is Halloween. Uh, like I, that's the one I would watch of all these six. I would watch most often, most frequently. I've probably seen the most on here. You know, I think maybe the best. Again, keeping in mind that American Graffiti, I haven't seen in a while. I'd say maybe the best is the Last Picture Show. I also love that time you, me, and Tobin talked about it for a while. But I think I probably voted for Grease because I feel like that is the most. I don't know exactly what this means, but the most representative of a high school movie. Like I think that that is in my brain. Like when I think a high school movie of these six, like it's like oh, it's Grease. So I do have a regret with this poll, and that's okay. kind of why I brought up the buzzword iconic before i wish i named everything what's the most iconic movie of the 70s you know Mm -hmm. a high school movie of the 70s because i think people voted that way anyway but i wish i you know i wish i had the foresight to write it down like that because i didn't say your favorite i just said best but um 
Greece won big here. Oh, did it really? Yeah, 50%. Wow. So, that, I mean, that that's a lot. And I think that's the most definitive winner we're going to get at, of all of them. I might be wrong, but that's pretty uh, significant. Now, I actually voted for American Graffiti because okay. I, I, I loved American Graffiti, but it also could be that's like the most recent one I've seen on this list. Sure. If that makes sense. Yep, yep, so, yep. I think all these movies again i haven't seen rock and roll high school in a really long time so that one aside all these other movies are really good movies so mm-hmm. i mean yes they're like different in genre but they're so um you know you're splitting hairs here but grease to me would probably be the iconic high school movie of the 70s so i totally get it yeah ironically it's a movie about the 50s but uh, <laughs> It, it was, you know, a cultural phenomenon. And, and I think you hit on a lot of great points. We said exploitation films, but if we really want to expand this list, 70s horror films would probably be another place where we could find high school movies of that era. So now, here's a doozy. Okay. The, ni- the 1980s, right? Like, this is you know, one of the most known decades for high school films. This list is dominated by John Hughes films. And it's something, too, where... A lot of different movies got votes, and we even got some write-ins, I think. Okay. This list might have been the biggest, I'm not sure. The biggest originally, or the big that wound up being the biggest? I don't remember, because I just did this fast, but here's what I definitely put on this list, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty in Pink. Okay. The Breakfast Club. Weird uh-huh. Science. And uh-huh. just side note, I imagine that, like, as a baseball fan, Joey, you know if there's, like, two great players on your team that could both be the MVP? Oh, so- sure. Sometimes it hurts you and splits the mm-hmm. vote. I think, yeah. like, the John Hughes fanboys and fangirls could have split their votes. Absolutely. In the end, in the end of the day, I don't know if it's going to matter. So we had Weird Science, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Teen Wolf, Fame, Sixteen Candles. So that's what I put on this list. Okay. And then someone subsequently added, as a write-in, Red Dawn and Heathers. So I send this to a bunch of different places, and I send this to my sister because she is a big fan of our March Madness bracket that we do every year. My my, base, my baseball league does. We have this whole, you know, like last year we had like thousands of responses. Like it was like by far the most popular one that we've ever done. I sent this to her, and she's like, can I spread this around? And I said, yeah, of course. And she said, my one friend is so mad that Heathers is not on the list. I was like, hey, look, I didn't make the list. I just distributed it. But I think I probably know, I can trace the the history back to where Heathers came from. It also, I'm sure, you know, if we had sent this to the Winona Forever ladies, that they would have voted, possibly written in Heathers, or, you know, some kind of, you know, teen Winona 80s movie. Heathers is a very polarizing film from, uh, like, me speaking to people about it. Some people really love it, and some people really hate it. Would you say in that regard that Christian Slater is your most polarizing actor? Because, we, I mean, (laughs) lest we forget the... Was it turn pump up the volume, pump up the jam, pump, pump up the volume, pump up the volume? I'm looking at that the DVD was the, right like now. The, the controversy around that episode. It feels like there's two people at the heart of all controversies on the show. It's Christian Slater and John Cusack. And John Cusack's controversy is completely John Cusack made, self-imposed. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Slater films, though. Yeah, I think you're right. Cool. A polarizing figure that I would never have expected. <laughs> So this was, again, this was a a big category. I really wasn't sure what was going to win. I kind of had an idea. But what, do you know what you voted for? This is a tough one. And I can absolutely see why my friends were all like, this is the best decade. Because there's, he- there's a lot here that really stands out as like, these are, to use your word again, iconic movies. You know, there's two movies on this list that 
I've covered for different podcasts. There's Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which I did for Cage Club, because mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage in maybe four shots of that movie. And there's also <laughs> an Amy Heckerling movie, so we covered on Cinemakers. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, we covered, obviously, for Keanu Club. I think I probably... Oh, boy. You know, I honestly don't remember what I voted for this one. I'm going to I'm gonna say, in retrospect, I think that... Uh, and this is, again, maybe going to foreshadow my... Uh, my vote for the 90s, too, just because of uh, someone's name that I just said. But, you know, Fast Times, it's just, it's so good. I got I might gotta, I gotta go Fast Times, I think. I mean, if you did originally vote Fast Times, you know, you would have been part of the 5.3% that did. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so not a very popular pick, apparently. Not a popular pick, but a pick. And I think if that would have won, I would have totally understand. There's a lot of films on this list where I wouldn't be like, huh. You know, when we had our yearbook special, there were some wins there that, no offense, Slumberers, I was like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> I was oh, and I was right there with you. <laughs> we both were like, whoa, this is interesting. You know, mainly the Peter Wowo Kinvinsky not winning, I think it was Class Hunk or something. <laughs> yeah, you got, I mean, you got to. So this was a very close one. I actually voted for, because I did vote in my own poll guide. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a film we haven't covered on this podcast, but I'm like, I really got to get around to it. Now, Is Ferris... that one that you were saving for a special occasion? Because I feel like there's a couple that you're you're waiting to do. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this later, because this okay. is one of the realizations that I came up, up with while doing this poll. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but you're on the right track. I think you're following what, what I realized here. Um, okay. So it, Ferris Bueller's Day Off came in a very close second with 31.6% of the vote. Oh, wow, okay. The winner was, and not surprisingly, I guess, The Breakfast Club. Oh, so the John Hughes fanboys and fangirls did not divide the vote. No, they actually showed up, you know. (laughs) It could have gone either way between those two films. But we have to remember, for the yearbook special, that one, like, I guess, the, the film we covered for our freshman year that people you know enjoyed the most. So it's no surprise here. But again, a very iconic decade one might argue the formative decade of teen films yeah i would i would say that now you know as you, as you kind of implied a lot of people voting for the 80s but you know what the 80s prime rival was our next What's, decade oh the 90s okay so i think it's going to be fair to say that in terms of iconicness the 80s and 90s iconicity yeah iconicity <laughs> the 80s and 90s 20-year period, that's where people, at least of maybe our generation or whoever voted, are connecting to the most. And again, that makes sense probably with age and such, but I think there's a lot of films here that even young people um, enjoyed, those 80s films, and some 90s films we're going to talk about here. Now, the 90s, very different from the 80s in a sense that I feel like when we brought up those 80s films, they felt similar, and it felt like a continuation of each other, you know? Mm -hmm. I think when we read this list of the 90s, some will feel more like 80s films, some will feel more like maybe 2000s films, and there seems to be a gap in the middle. I didn't do the years, you know? I didn't write them down. Yeah. But, like, the the earliest film on here and the latest film on here, whatever they happen to be, are probably so completely different. Wildly different, like, almost different. Yeah, different decades, even though it's the same decade. I I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So uh, here's what the list was here. A decade in uh, transition. Absolutely, but a popular one nonetheless. Clueless, Encino Man, and I put that on because Kyle did give it uh, whatever we were reviewing at the time, but his highest review ever on the show has been Encino Man. <laughs> did it get uh, any votes? Uh, let's see. 
I wonder if Kyle took no. the poll. Oh, so he I did, guess maybe Kyle didn't take the poll. He did take the poll. He unless he lied to me. So, oh, okay. <laughs> but he definitely like changed his mind apparently. So ten things I hate about you. Mm-hmm. The craft. Mm-hmm. She's all that. Uh huh. American Pie. Okay. Cruel Intentions. Scream. <laughs> Never been kissed. Uh huh. Election. Dazed and confused. There's a lot here, but. And then the one write-in for this one was The Faculty. Okay. So, uh, do you know what you picked for this one, Joey? Oh, this is one, without a doubt, that I know, because I think it might be the greatest high school movie of all time, and I hope, I hope, I hope it's a winner, and I think I tipped my hand a little bit last time, but Clueless. I think it's the greatest high school movie that's ever been made, probably. I mean, a lot of people would agree with you, for sure. I voted for Clueless as well. Okay. I was torn between Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You. And those ended up being our one and two, but okay. not by not by as close as a margin of the '80s one. Clueless got 37 percent, but the '90s had a lot of different votes in a lot of different places. Okay, in, in order it was Clueless, Ten Things I Hate About You, and The Craft came in third, which kind of really me. yeah, that that kind of big Firuza Balk fans on this uh, on this. <laughs> I guess so. And the fourth place movie, I was surprised. Not that it's a bad movie. I love this movie, but Election was fourth place. Have you covered Election yet, or not yet? No, not yet. Okay. A lot of these films, I think, of this 90s list, let's see, I haven't done Clueless yet, saving that one. I haven't done 10 Things I Hate About You. I haven't done The Craft. I haven't done She's All That. I haven't done Cruel Intentions. <laughs> Never Been Kissed, Election, Dazed and Confused, or The Faculty. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think again, maybe everyone else is going to build to the conclusion that I've <laughs> built to after doing this poll. So as we move along, because... Well, what I will say before before we digress is, like, I don't want anybody... I don't know that I don't know this is going to be anybody's first high school summer party, but it might be. <laughs> but I don't want people to get the impression that, like, you're just doing random-ass movies. I think that what your show is is a good balance of a lot of different things. And you could just blow through, like, the fifth... Like, you could, go, like, you could find a list of, like, the 50 best, quote-unquote, best high school movies of all time and just do that in a year. But I feel like after that point what do you really have to look forward to? I guess maybe this is saying, in a way, balance the two, possibly? Like, do your weird, you know, Olsen Twins movies, your weird <laughs> Hallmark Christmas movies, but also throw in a clueless every once in a while, maybe a little bit more often than you do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's going to be the theme uh, of our discussion later. But you're, you're seeing where you know, mm-hmm. m- my brain is going. So, you're right, uh, we jumped the gun a little. The 90s, I, I think, you know, it's kind of what I said before. There are, like, two groups here. Like, American Pie is not like Encino Man, you know? I mean, it is in a sense. It's about teenagers and stuff like that. But you have a variation here. And it, it's, again, a decadent transition that produced some really, really, really great work. And, okay. Any other thoughts on 90s high school films? You know, I think Clueless is in a, pardon the pun, or maybe not pardon the pun, a class of its own. You know, Election, I think, is a great movie that I'm looking forward to you doing at some point. Dazed and Confused, I'm looking forward to you doing at some point. This is not necessarily, like, I think, in terms of my favorite decades, at least reflected by the list of things we had to vote on. These are not my favorite movies, but I think the highs in here are very, very high, and I think of the best in here, my personal tastes, the lows are very low. Like, I am not really a fan of Encino Man. I'm not really a fan of American Pie. But I appreciate that they are both wildly popular movies that a lot of people love. And so I think this is a definitely a, a weird kind of decade in transition with very high highs and, you know, to my taste, very low lows. Yeah, it, it's, it's, 
an interesting decade, but again, the, the, I think the highs bring it up. And I just want to touch on Clueless because Clueless feels like it could be a part of any decade, if that makes sense. Sure. Obviously not like dress-wise and language-wise, but there are certain films here that are just like timeless, and Clueless definitely feels like one of those movies. Like you could pop it in today, and it still feels as relevant, despite being, you know, a very much a snapshot of, of a certain year and a certain sure. place. Now, the 2000, the naughties, if you will. Okay. <laughs> um, this had a very... Uh, you know, I'll get this out of the way. This had a very, um, you know, this was a landslide win. A lot of different votes here, but this was a landslide. I don't know if it's your vote, but here we go. We got Freaky Friday, Juno, A Walk to Remember. I'm guessing that was your vote. Mean <laughs> Girls, A Cinderella Story, Save the Last Dance, The Princess Diaries, Bring It On, The Girl Next Door, She's the Man, and these were the three write-ins. Super bad, which I should have put on the list. That, that was feels like an omission. Yeah, super bad's yeah. a big one. Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite, which I know you do not like. So, Oof. <laughs> but a lot of people do. It's a polarizing but popular film. And someone put a film I've never heard of called No Clue. Huh. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I mean, I love write-ins, but whoever put No Clue, like just pick one of them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or don't vote. Like, I don't think you made it mandatory to vote. No, no. Not all these have the same amount of responses. <laughs> but, but cool. No clue. <laughs> so, uh, Joey, what did you vote for here? So this is a tough one because there's some in here that I, like, my, my biggest, I think, sin of omission on this entire poll, and this in, like, of all the decades, I think the movie that I regret having not seen, and this is, like, a, I think maybe a weird movie to have a regret about not seeing, but, like, I haven't seen Bring It On, and I feel like I would love that movie. <laughs> I could see you liking that movie. And I have not seen that one, so I feel a little bit guilty about that. You know, there's two movies on this list that I really, really love. Maybe that's a little bit strong. There's two movies on this list that I love. And there's one that I remember that I think you and I have talked about, maybe on this podcast, maybe not, that I think you were both a little bit worried about rewatching because it was so such a snapshot of its time in a bunch of different ways. Juno, like I, it's my favorite. It's the one I voted for. I'm terrified to rewatch it uh, <laughs> because I just I I I might hate it. I don't think I'm going to, but I'm worried that I will. And I kind of in my mind, I'm just like, it's a beautiful, perfect movie. It was sort of our widespread introduction to Diablo Cody. I think her writing was great. The other one on this list that I would be happy if it won, I think, and the other one that I sort of in a class of Juno, I don't have as maybe strong a, a connection to it, but I do really, really like it is uh, Mean Girls. I really like Mean Girls. So uh, you're right on the money because the films you're talking about are our first and second place winners, but okay. this was a this was a landslide with Mean Girls getting over 50%. Oh, wow. And what and you said, I think Greece got exactly 50%. So this is, so is Mean Girls the big winner of the evening? Yes, by 0.9%. Whew. <laughs> and that, and that's huge, but I think a lot of people were thinking along the same lines as you, but maybe just went with Mean Girls because Juno was second place, but you know a distant second place at fifteen percent. Third place was surprisingly Bring It On. Okay, which honestly, I, I like I said, I think you will like that movie, but I don't think you will say this movie is a well-made film. You know because. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it is not. But I can't. I really can't wait to cover that one. Okay. This is another one where it's like, ooh, Brian, you haven't done most of these. <laughs> <laughs> but this, uh, this category got a lot of votes for a lot of different things, despite Mean Girls like killing it here. So A Walk to Remember got a vote from somebody. 
Juno got a bunch, um, and a lot of these other ones, uh, obviously Napoleon Dynamite, because it was a write-in, this famous No Clue film that <laughs> I haven't done yet. Uh, <laughs> bad. She's the Man got a decent amount of votes, uh, 7%. Did you do an episode on that? Not yet, but you and I talked about this once off-air. When I do She's the Man, it'll be the most talked-about film on the Cage Club Podcast Network, because I think right, it'll be... because the contenders did it, and then we did it over on Magic Mike, so yeah, there's it's it keeps going. That's why I, I knew that there was at least two. I couldn't remember if you had done it a third I, time yet, but it's I going think to so, I think it's. I think I'd be the fourth we calculated, so did someone else do it? Oh, let's see here. I'll take a look. We call the cheese the Chan. <laughs> no, I think it was just those two. Hmm. No, it was just the two. You would be. A, you would make a three. But yeah, okay, I'd in be the, the third. Ju- uh, both last year, 2018, in March and July, the contenders and then Magic Mike's. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, people like the movie. Uh, did you yeah. like the movie? I did. I don't love it. I, you know, Amanda Bynes is a very broad, especially in that movie, like a very broad actress, very broad character that doesn't usually kind of work for me. Uh, we were watching for Channing, and it's it's not, you know, in that time, Channing was in some really interesting movies and some <laughs> less interesting movies. And I think that there's interesting things. I think the Contenders episode of that was one that you should definitely listen to. Uh, I'm personally not a huge fan of She's the Man, which I know would upset a handful of hosts on the network, because I know that this is a beloved movie uh, by some people that mean a lot to me. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of She's the Man. So what are your thoughts on this decade overall? I think the 2000s are an interesting decade. So another fantasy baseball story, because I am so sorry, I just have one thing on my mind, apparently, (laughs) even though I am not ready to think about baseball, even though the draft is two months from today, because we are doing it way earlier than ever because of schedules. Anyway, I digress. Wow, that is early. Before last season, my friends made a list of comedies for me to watch because I just, for for many different reasons, did not see a lot of, I think it's a lot of high school comedies or comedies that high schoolers watch. You know, just movies that people watch all the time, that they quote all the time, whatever. Like a lot of the Seth Rogen movies, a lot of the this or that, the super bad, whatever. Yeah, uh, you've talked about the list before. Yes. And I, I would describe, the word I would use is sophomoric comedy. Oh, okay, you know? yeah. That's a very good, <laughs> ap- very apt description. And I think what I realized on Too Fast, Too Forever recently, because we were talking about snakes on a plane, is that the 2000s were a weird time, because like, that's when I went to college in 2006, and once I got to college, I was like, oh, I have so much free time, I'm going to like watch a bunch of movies, but I started catching up on like the best movies, like quote-unquote the best movies of all time. And so I hadn't really been watching a lot of movies up to that point, and then Beyond that, if it was sort of like main popcorn fare at the movies, I wasn't going to the movies a lot because I was a broke college kid. And so I think a lot of these 2000s movies I haven't seen or I've only seen once a long time ago. And I don't really have a connection. Like this is, in a weird way, the decade where I fell in love with movies, but it's not this decade's movies that I fell in love with. And so I think a lot of these I can appreciate after the fact, but they're not... It's just like a weird kind of, in in my personal history, kind of a down decade for me. Uh, I tend to agree. I mean, obviously, I don't have the same history with film as you do, but it certainly feels like a down decade. Maybe that's why Mean Girls really swept away with it. But when we were doing the 80s and 90s, that cream of the crop, if you will, of what we were talking about felt like it was stronger. Like, a lot of these movies I could see being iconic or maybe that's even too strong for it, like favorite movies of people, but not a lot of them I think would be nominated for 
one day if we do the greatest teen film of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think a lot of them are coming out of the 2000s. I don't know if the poll's going to show it later because I think because because of age, it's probably going to do better than the 70s. You know, like you and I know these 70s films because we love film and yeah. it, you know. That reason, I don't think like mainstream people are watching the Last Picture Show or even American Graffiti. Sadly, you know, right? Um, that's probably why Greece won too. But this decade, uh, I'm gonna argue for me personally is probably the weakest. Um, and that's not saying anything against Mean Girls, but I think if you took the bottom four films of like the 80s or 90s, that like whatever got the least amount of votes here and ran them against what got the least amount of votes for the 2000s, like, those bottom four might, you know, are probably all better than the bottom four in the 2000s. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. not a very strong overall decade. And I don't mean to be rambling about this, but someone's got to prove this to me. This, I think that's true about everything in this decade. Like, it's hard for people to name what was the fashion of this decade, what was the, you know... uh I know music-wise, people have said it was a good decade, so I'm not going to take that. Maybe the guys at, at Now and Again could tell me, you know, exactly what was great for music. But I've heard other people say, culturally, it was a weird time. This is actually something that Now and Again, which is now on hiatus, and again on hiatus, they've talked about that a lot because I feel like it's sort of a decade in search of a personality, in search of a an identity. And I think that it's, it's, the, it's the wheelhouse, like the reason that Now and Again exists, the reason that I think weirdly that now that's what I call music, the actual disc exists, is because, at least why it became popular here, is because the 2000s just sort of became like a mixtape, like as technology and tastes kind of changed, the way that we consume things kind of changed. And I think that it's interesting to look at sort of things through like a greatest hits kind of lens. But something that Chris and Nico talked about all the time on there was that it's not a, like there's very low lows. And I think you sort of have to pick and choose your spots for high watermarks. And, you know, you might have a personal affinity or taste toward something in that decade, but I think most people would agree with you that it's it's not a great decade for culture, I don't think. <laughs> it sounds so shitty to say, but it is true. I don't want to bring the podcast down either, but at least in the United States, I think 9-11 too, like, kind of, like, we started the decade, essentially, with, like, this... Uh, amazing tragedy that affected culture as we know it and just how we process things and and like you said technology too and you're right this was like a really a decade where people were just searching like what's the next way we're gonna enjoy things and think about things um what year was juno let me see oh six i think oh six so right in the oh seven okay so still okay. right in the middle of the decade uh mean girls let's see what year that was 2004 i believe so both these films come out, you know, on the fringes of what we would call the middle of this decade. And these, to me, are the two films that really stand out iconic-wise from the decade. And not much else. Again, I trust me, I enjoy a lot of these films. But not much else would maybe eventually get nominated to that higher-level pantheon of high school films. Well, Joey, mm-hmm. we've arrived at you know you said you liked modern movies and you sure. certainly are a connoisseur of them you i'm not a list guy ironically i'm not a ranker i don't even have a letterbox you know i i'm been meaning to get one but uh 
I, 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 I don't, you know, that's not something I usually do. You are a list guy. You put out your movie list every year. Did you do it this year yet? Not yet. I actually have two lists I'm going to put out. One, I should have put one out a while ago. I just have gotten, I've just been exhausted of doing things that aren't work and or podcast work. But I'm going to put out my best of the 2010s decade movie list. Mm. I did my TV list. And then I'm also going to do my best movies of the year list. And they're both done, essentially. But I just have not actually written. I haven't done the work, the legwork. But they will all, they will both exist, just like the TV list does, at cageclub.me. And I'm very curious to see if any high school films make either list. Ooh, I would, let me see here. Let me just take a quick look. I'm sure that they do. Hold on. I'll give you a exclusive on here. Ooh. 2019. Okay, so uh, one in my top ten I will give you uh, of, the, of the year. My number six movie right now is Booksmart a movie that you and I talked about on this very podcast, and I absolutely adore. And then for the decade, there is one that I don't think of as a high school movie, and I don't remember if you had on your poll or not, but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a high school movie, kind of technically, right? Like, I guess all Spider-Man movies are, but Spider-Verse, I think, might be the only high school movie on my best of the decade list, but it's on there. So there's, there's, there's some representation on both. So, I thought about putting it on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I don't know. It, it's something again, like you said. Like I didn't. It, I don't think of it so much as a high school film, but I really should because someone even wrote it in and gave it a vote here. Okay. But you'll enjoy this, Joey. Someone else put a, a movie I haven't heard of either, and they wrote it in. It's called "I Have Seen None of These," <laughs> so I can't answer the question. Take pity on me. Oh, I've seen Take Pity on Me. <laughs> I wonder who put that. And, like, who really hasn't seen any of these films? At least one of them, you know? But, hey, some people are, like... As you know, Joey, some people are, like, just complete nostalgia buffs that only do old things or yep. only do, like, swing one way or another. And I guess this person just does not see modern movies. But, uh, I mean, uh, before we uh, dive into, like what movies were on this poll and who won. This is a pretty split one as well. I was kind of surprised by the winner. But what did you think of this decade movie-wise, since you have compiled the list and, you know, this is the decade we're ending in a mere matter of days? I think film in general this past decade was probably the best it's ever been, which I know sounds blasphemous, but I think that the way that... I think a few different things happened in the past decade. Number one technology became more affordable and easier to get your hands on. And I think the fact that literally anyone can make a movie now makes, means that we're getting more types of movies than we've ever gotten before. And I think as a product of that, as a byproduct of that, I think we're having, my, my second big point is that we're having new voices and new stories told in a way that we haven't had before. And I think we, get, we still have a long way to go there, but I think that in terms of you know, female stories and trans stories and gay stories and queer stories and all this different stuff. I feel like this has been a decade of diversity in all genres, and I think especially in high school movies, that we have not really seen before. And I think as the... And this is actually a question I had written down that I wanted to ask you later, and we could also talk about it now if you'd like, but I'm curious to think, you know, curious to know what you think about in the next decade, in the 20s, whatever we wind up, if it's just going to be the 20s, if there's going to be, like, another name for it or whatever, because we've... I feel like the 20s were the first decade that, like, were named, kind of? You know what I mean? Like, when you think of the 20s, I think you think of maybe the last... I don't know. Time is a flat circle. But (laughs) I think given your expertise in the field, I'm curious to hear what you have to think about or what you have to say about 
what trends we're going to see in the next 10 years. Like, what, where do you see high school movies going in the next 10 years? Are we going to have, like, I think one of the really exciting things that, like, the type of movies that I like to see, and, you know, as a straight white man, I don't really connect with this at all, but, like, I still love to see, like, Assassination Nation, like, the trans story, and I feel like, and Euphoria, which I know is a TV show, not a movie, but I feel like those kind of things are just a f- breath of fresh air and something brand new, and I think my, I, my, mindset i'm gonna i think we're gonna get more of that kind of stuff but i don't, I also don't know but like what what do you think looking back at the last 10 years where do you think we're gonna go well i mean it's a good question that i was gonna bring up to you as well a little bit later and just to you know quickly answer i don't know because if you look at all these decades <laughs> you know like i said before things don't just shift with the calendar like, we don't know how culture is going to change by when we get to the meat of the 20s. We might be completely different. We're kind of seeing now a little bit of the start of the rejection of nostalgia. Okay. Where this was a big decade for, yes, unique voices, but then it has this weird other side of the coin where you don't see too much in high school films, but certainly in all other movies where everything was so nostalgia-based that I'm wondering, like, what the counter thing to that will be and it might be exactly what you're saying that just these voices these unique voices that are coming out in this genre of high school films that that might be the preeminent thing i mean at least i hope maybe it's wishful thinking you know but i'd like i'm 100 percent on board with what you're saying i'd like to see a lot of different stories and before we get into the votes for the 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 tens if you Mm -hmm. will what i loved about this decade Mm -hmm. and i'm hope continues is that it's the first time I really felt that filmmakers and audiences alike took the genre seriously. Oh, okay. I like that. Like, yes, we have our great 70s movies, but no one was calling The Last Picture Show and American Graffiti teen movies at the time. The teen movies at the time were beach party movies, and that's what people cared about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not that those movies weren't cared about, but people saw it on a higher level and they're like, oh, those aren't kids' movies, you know? Uh, the 80s John Hughes and Amy Heckerling start to connect with kids, but I still don't think at the time people were treating them like film, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know? The 90s, again, great decade, but I think it's a continuation of the same thing I'm saying with the 80s and the 2000s everywhere. The 2010s are the first time that we're seeing realistically like potential award nominations for these kind of films. And again, I know we get it a little bit in Juno and stuff, but... Now it's not crazy to say, I'm going to make a teen film that could win an Oscar. Sure. You know? And I, I think we're going to see that in the next decade to answer your questions. Like, at least I hope so. And again, it could be that I just host this podcast. But yeah, we'll still get our, like, silly teen films. But I think we can also strive for ones where you're like, oh, wow, this is a great movie that connects with teenagers. But it's also just a great movie in general. It's not this like weirdo side genre that I feel like most people associate high school movies with. Does, does that make sense? I think so. And I think that that was, in a sense, you know, I guess what was it? Maybe like a decade ago, like I think late 2000s, late noughties, to use your term, <laughs> like when the Oscars went from five movies to ten for Best Picture, it was like, oh, like a movie like The Dark Knight could win an Oscar now. You'll never know. Actually, tangent, because this is, again, a free-form conversation. We're going to go where we go. But friend of this show, friend of the podcast network, Walt Hickey, uh, he and his 
partner, Michael, have a, a – Walt every day does NumLock News, right? He does a daily newsletter, which all stats-based is number-based. It's really great. It's free to read if you want to get Sunday things, which is like an in-depth interview. It's like $5 a month. It's awesome. Anyway, in the months leading up to the Oscars, he and Michael go through and do an awards addendum. Like on Saturday and Sunday, they do like a bonus thing each day. Michael kind of focuses on like the the movies themselves and the performances themselves. And Walt goes deep into the numbers and the metrics and the trends. And the reason I bring this up is because one thing that he's been noticing the last few years and that his first installment this past weekend is about how strongly and how the percentage, the overturn in voters for the Academy have changed wildly in the last few years. And I think what that means is that a few different things, and these are mostly Walt's thoughts, but like number one is more difficult than ever to predict what's going to win. But number two, the kind of the more interesting thing and the reason I bring this all up is because I think new movies and different kinds of movies and different kinds of stories have a better chance of winning an Oscar, Best Picture, whatever, than ever before. And I think that it was the Oscars idea to go you know, the Academy's idea to go to 10 Best Picture nominees, but then you have a movie like Black Panther, which is like, oh, like, in a, in a year where it's unclear what really is the Best Picture, like, Black Panther could win. And I think if a superhero movie could win, I don't think it's crazy to say that a high school movie could win. It might not be, you know, to all the boys I loved before, but it might be. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. But I feel like if you're able to tell a story that has weight and has meaning and has empathy and sympathy and dynamic storytelling and good performances like any movie has as much reason to be a best picture nominee as anything else and so why not a high school movie like why not book smart absolutely and i'm glad you brought up to all the boys i love before as well because the other side of the coin that i wanted to talk about into moving into the next decade is this is this these streaming movies that don't have to be crap you know like uh, vod films and again i don't I don't think to all the boys I loved before is like what we would call like an Oscar worthy film, but I thought it was a great film. Yeah. And I, I I don't want to be one of these people who let me backtrack a little. Like I am a proponent of the B movie, if you will. Like I don't think every movie needs to With Jerry strive. Seinfeld? Yes, B movie. That that's literally gonna be my next podcast. You spoiled it. At the end I was gonna say I'm retiring <laughs> high school slumber party. I'm just talking about Seinfeld CGI films and no, um, I, I'm in favor of just like films that don't strive to win Oscars, but just know their audience and are just very, very good at what they do. And I think with this access that you're talking about, like, yeah, quote unquote, anyone can make a film, but not anyone could really have the financing to make a film. Like you and I could go shoot one, but not everyone's going to see it. Right. Right. But you have so many different studios. I know you love what A24 is doing. Mm-hmm. And they make some great high school films. But you have like Netflix and Amazon. And when they really understand a target audience, like Netflix, yeah, they've made some crappy, crappy teen films. But they've also made some really good ones and some that are in between. But they're all, they all feel like they're in the same, I don't want to say universe, but like genre where, you know, we, we can pop it on, we could watch it, we can Netflix and chill, you and I, and we could just, you know, I just love it. I love how we can have such a variety of well-made films with different purposes. And I think the next decade you're going to see, yeah, some high school films that are going to be Oscar-worthy, but also more like To All the Boys I Loved Before that 
I can have my popcorn and enjoy and be like, this is a really great movie, feel good about, and don't have the expectations of an Oscar film that, I mean, I don't know, maybe you and I are different in this respect, but sometimes expectations can ruin a film. Oh, sure. This was supposed to be an Oscar movie, it's not, and I don't know, like... I, I like a popcorn movie, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and I don't I, think that should be an insult either. No, I don't think so either. I think that there is, I think that there's a few different things at play here. Number one, like you were saying that you and I could make a movie, but I think, and like nobody would see it, but I think that now today, it's easier to get some form of distribution than anything else, just because like, because YouTube and Vimeo exist, and you could make a full feature length movie and just get it out there. And even, you know, 10 years ago, like YouTube existed, but that that, that didn't, like that, feature that functionality didn't really exist mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i feel like that is one thing where just you're able to get stuff out there and i feel like i don't i, I don't know when if and when i think it's more a matter of when than if but like there's going to be some kind of like just independently made movie that is going to get like wild accolades and acclaim and nominations possibly you know like primer for instance like shane not, not a high school movie i'm so sorry to bring it up but like do you know primer <laughs> are you are you aware of primer and shane caruth no i am not so Shane Carruth is this guy who is just like this evil genius. He made a movie called Primer, which is basically the most realistic, grounded science fiction time travel movie of all time. And he auditioned like dozens or hundreds of dudes for the lead part, and none of them could get it. And he's like, screw it, I'm just going to do it myself. And so he wrote and directed and edited and scored and starred in this movie called Primer, which is like this like very hurt-your-brain time travel movie that is like very, like time travel does not exist as far as we know. It's always existed, whatever. But if it was real, this is the movie that talks about it. Then he made a movie called Upstream Color, which is one of my favorite movies of the decade. That's very high on my list. And it's the same thing. It's just that he keeps getting better. But that's a movie that he just made himself and just put out to the world. And I, like, it's not a huge movie, but like it's a cult movie that people know about. And I feel like that was, Primer was probably like mid to late 2000s. And so in the time since then, it's become even easier for stuff like that to just get out into the world. That being said, in terms of the bigger stuff, like the popcorn movies, like there's there's nothing wrong with like a, you know, like a Blockers, right? Like Blockers is a great high school movie that's also a popcorn movie, right? Like a, you could have just something that is enjoyment for the masses, but also a good movie. Like I think that anybody sort of classifying one as better or worse than another or talking about like, you know, guilty pleasure movies, I think it's just sort of doing things a disservice. Like, like what you like and find good where you find good and just you know, champion the things that you think are the best of what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And you're starting to see, like, I think people are, like, re-accepting this. Um, I hope. You know, that's my hope for the next decade, I guess. Like, don't shit on something just because... I don't want to say just because it happens to be on Netflix, because now Netflix is winning Oscars and stuff. But don't shit on something that maybe doesn't have the intention of of wowing you technical-wise or something like... You know, like you said, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. And that's really all that matters. And again, this was a decade where, frankly, maybe because we're just ending it now, I didn't think I was going to have too many nominees. Mm -hmm. But once I thought about it, I'm like, wow, there were a lot of really good high school movies this decade. Here's what was on the list. Okay. Lady Bird, Booksmart, Easy A, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, The Edge of Seventeen, To All the Boys I Loved Before, Eighth Grade, Love, Simon, and Dope. That's what I put on here. Now, I already mentioned the two ones that were added, so we know those got votes. Uh, what did you vote for, though, Joey? You know, this is a really tough one. I also will say that one of the people I sent this to was very upset that 8th grade was on the list. 
And I said, then don't vote for it. He's like, no, it's the best movie on the list, so I voted for it. And I was like, all right, you know, I, I get that you have outrage, but you, you, could just, you could just skip it. I think that there's three movies on here that are three of the best movies, I think, in any decade. Maybe it's personal preference, maybe it's personal taste, but I think Eighth Grade and Booksmart and Lady Bird are just all so wonderful. I, I came down ultimately between Lady Bird and Booksmart, and I think I voted for Lady Bird, but like any of the three of those, like I love all three of those movies. I really like Dope. I really like Love, Simon. I really like The Edge of Seventeen. You know, when we talked about that, I love that. I love that movie. love talking about that movie. I really like Easy A. Like there's a lot of movies in this that I would not be upset if they won. I think I voted for Lady Bird, but if I voted again, I might vote for Booksmart. I might vote for Eighth Grade. I don't know. I mean, all valid choices, and I, I was torn, too. And I decided, I knew this wasn't going to win, but I decided to vote for a movie that you introduced me to, Joey, The Edge of Seventeen, because I hadn't seen it, and it was a huge surprise to me, and everyone I know who I've recommended watched it, watched it, has loved it, so it was kind of like a sentimental vote. It wasn't one of the winners or the top three. The winner shocked me here. Not that it's a bad movie, but the winner was Easy A. Oh, okay, Really? And I think that's like the people who we were thinking, like, what was the best film? Splitting their votes between, as you said, Lady Bird, Booksmart, and Eighth Grade, because those were the next three. And I think just by default, because it was only 23% of the votes, but that ended up with a plurality of winning EZA. Now, I think it's just people like, oh, I like that film, because that's one of those films that I said, like, yeah, that's not going to win an Oscar, but it's a pretty enjoyable film. And squeaked away with the winner but i don't i don't think anyone would say it's like the best film of the decade but it's certainly again a film that a lot of people enjoy so was surprised not disappointed just like i said surprised i would say it's probably the most popular the most sort of widespread widely accepted movie on the list i think a lot of that like it's it's the movie that made emma stone a star right like i think she was she was around before that yeah like she's even in uh she's even in super bad but she's certainly not the star Right, and this is the movie where people are like, oh, like, she is someone. Like, we need to keep an eye on her. And I think it's a great movie, but I think in comparison to the other movies in the list, I think without, maybe maybe without Easy A, the other movies don't exist or not, they're not as good or whatever. But I also think that, like, the, the sort of the stepping stone of what Easy A was to be able to tell stories that are more complex and sort of more nuanced, I think, maybe like like Eighth Grade or like Booksmart, I think is just a... You know, without one, there isn't the other. But I think that it's it's not a bad movie that to have one. But you know, I would I would have liked to see. Like, I don't know that there are very many movies really of any genre that are like as good as Booksmart or Eighth Grade or Lady Bird from the last few years, last decade. So when we talk about like if there was some magical thing, and again, maybe that's is how I'll end the show one day. Spoiler alert. But uh, where it's like we we try to decide what the best high school film of all time is. Okay. Like, this Who decade is? would get. Thank you. You ruined the entire show. It's over. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But this decade would get a lot more nominations than the sure, previous yeah, yeah. decade that you'd feel like are worthy of that category. Um, you know, some great films, and I think, like you, like you said, like I said, the next decade, I wouldn't be shocked if we got some more. Again, who knows? Maybe in ten years, when I'm still doing this show, and Joey, you still have five or six shows on the network. <laughs> Somehow Fridays are still for fun. Of course. <laughs> that we look back and we're like, wow, for all we know, the 20s could be the decade that stinks. <laughs> I don't see that. I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, I, I think... don't think so either, but who knows, right? 
I think what's really special about the way like the way that movies have changed is that I think movies are allowed to be a lot more honest. And I think this might even be something that you've talked about in recent episodes. I feel like I've heard on one of the shows on our network talk about this, but I feel like movies are allowed to be more honest and real and genuine as opposed to like sort of trying to couch that in artifice of some kind. Like I feel like if American Pie was made today, like there would be crass moments and stuff, but I feel like there would be a lot more heart in that movie. Like not I'm not trying to like talk down on American Pie, but I feel like American Pie is sort of like the embodiment of like late nineties, early two thousands, like sort of what we're looking for at that time. And I feel like, you know, even a decade later, like still a decade ago, like Super Bad was similar in some ways, but it also had actual humor and actual empathy and real emotions and relationships and stuff like that. And then you look a decade after that and you have Book Smart, which is, you know, if you want to be very simplistic about it, it's you know, super bad with girls, but I think there's also way more going on there. And I feel like as time goes on, movies are allowed to be more on, honest and real and genuine. And I think that that's not a trend that's going to stop. And I think that as we move into the next decade and these these trends continue, I think that movies are only, not every movie, but like the best of the best are going to be even better because they're going to feel new and fresh and real in a way that a lot of movies sort of weren't allowed to be in past decades. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I agree. I think there's two schools of thought, right? There's what you're saying that, like, we, I would say the optimistic approach. Okay. We are progressing as a society, so things should just generally, I don't want to say get better, but be more empathetic, like you're saying. Or there's that other theory, I suppose, is that, I guess this is more of the time as a flat circle one, or more of the ebbs and flows, like, we'll have some kind of shocking cultural event, that'll send the genre and films in general to repeat how they were, and then we'll go back to a prime again, if you want to call this a prime, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's possible as well. Who knows? I tend to agree with you, but (laughs) we could look at the next decade as just being like, all right, so so the 10s, if you will, were a high watermark, and then the 20s, we started to see something shift in our society to make it crap. It doesn't seem that way. But who knows? Just quickly, because I, I like playing this, because it's going to build to something we've been alluding to and directly talking about, but haven't done Ladybird, haven't done Easy A, haven't done The Perks of Being a Wallflower, haven't done Love, Simon, haven't done Dope, and haven't done Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So, so it sounds like you haven't been doing your homework. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so the next question is one I really wanted to get to, because this is the one when we were talking, I was like... Huh, I wonder I wonder what the answer to this is. And really quickly it's what has been the best decade for teen movies so far? Um you know, I don't really need to go over the nominees. It's from the seventies till today. Sure. What did you vote for, Joey? I don't think it's any surprise that whether we're talking about best or favorite or just you know, even of the the, the, the representative samples of these like the six or the eight or the ten or whatever that you listed, like any metric you use the 2010s are my favorite. Like, I think it's the best. I think it has the best stories. I think, like I was saying before about, you know, Easy A as a stepping stone or whatever to better movies, I'm not trying to lessen or cheapen the stories in the movie, the stories told in the movies made in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. But like, man, like the, the last decade are just, it's just so good. It was a great decade for film and for art in general. And it wasn't like, you know, it, it was, yeah, there are favorite movies here, but there was just so many great movies and especially teen movies um i can't disagree with you i don't even remember 
frankly what I voted on this one, but I, I know when you voted for the 2010s, you probably didn't think you'd be the winning category here. Is, no, because is I feel say? like nostalgia is a very important and powerful thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And honestly, I don't know how successful this podcast network would be without that. So as much as I like to diss nostalgia, let's face it, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty important uh, Shout thing. out nostalgia. Yes. <laughs> so nostalgia, we love you. Now, again, I knew what you were going to say here. I think most of the listeners at this point knew what you were going to say. So I have another question before I reveal who won. How would you rank these decades from oh. whether it's favorite or best in terms of like what's produced the you know most enjoyable, anything like best to worst in terms of uh, teen films by the decade? Now, I guess here's one important question I have for you. Are we going on average or in summation? Because I feel like what we were saying at the very start of this conversation is that like the 70s didn't have as many, but on average they were kind of better. So are we looking, you know, like what the average high school movie is or just sort of in summation? Like if you're talking about each decade as like a total, like does that, does that question make sense? Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's a fair question. So I'll put it this way, since we're throwing the word around and I love saying it. Which decade, you know, from most, because we know it, to least or least to most, however you want to do it, but obviously tell us, produced the most iconic. Iconic okay. high school-centric films. Like, you know, the, the decade that pumped them out versus the decade that, eh, maybe not so much here. The decade that pumped up the volume on the high school. Okay. Yes. Uh, so last place, 2000s. I think that, and I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that likely you would agree with me there. And it's not a decade without its high watermarks, but I think based on the conversation, based on what we were talking about, I think 2000s just, there was a lot going on. It sort of felt like it didn't have an identity. And I think that the 2000s is, in last place. I also said that 2010s would be in first place, so it's the ma- the matter of figuring out the middle three. And isn't that funny? That's like almost exactly like proving that theory that there are these lulls sure. in time, you know? So uh, hopefully we're not up for a letdown decade. We'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, if we're looking at these lists, I gotta say probably in second place would be 80s because I think that it's a difficult decade for me when we were looking at the, like, I think that might have been the hardest vote for me, like that and the, two, the 2010s. So I think I gotta go '80s second, and I think you know even though Clueless holding it down in the '90s, like you sort of remove that, and I kind of don't love a lot of the other movies on the list. And so from worst to best, I will say 2000s in number five, '90s in number four, wow. '70s in number three, '80s number two, '2010s number one. What about you? I mean, this is tough for me. Um, I do. You they're know, all your I'm, babies. Yeah, they're all my babies. So I can't really pick and choose. That's why I wanted everyone else to do the work for me. <laughs> um, I, I like the '90s a lot better than you. I wouldn't have ranked it there. And the uh, the voters, the slumbers, agree. Now this was by far the closest vote. Now, really? This is okay. A, this is how they rank them. The '70s came in last place, and I'm not surprised because I don't think people are familiar with with the group so much, with 3.5% saying it was the best decade. The second to last place was your decade, Joey, with 7% saying it was the best decade, the 2010s. You know, I'm not happy about it, but I understand it. In third place, now with 14%, was the 2000s. Now, oh my god, razor thin. This was a battle, and I was watching it take place as the votes came in. This was a battle between the 90s and the 80s. It was a 2% difference here. So super, super close. And it was neck and neck the entire time. So the winner, surprisingly, again, a decade you didn't like too much, but the people did, 
was actually the 90s, which really surprised me because wow, I kind of okay. thought the I thought the 80s would win, but it was so close that it could have gone either way. Clearly, there's a 20-year period, as I said before, that people really either have a lot of nostalgia for today or just was producing the best or the most iconic high school films. But I think it's fair to say, Joey, and you'll probably agree with me that who knows, in 10, 20 years, the 2010s might be right there. I wonder, and this is just pure speculation, if, like I was saying earlier, like we were talking about earlier, if it's just the, the decades where you came of age, both mm-hmm. the movies that were coming out new and the ones that had just come out before that you're watching, if that's part of it, I wonder if as people our age and a little bit older have kids and those kids grow up to be high schoolers and like things like I, there's there's so many different ways I think that you could reflect differently upon both the decades you find like fondly and also the the newer movies that maybe you're you're not as fond about and I also do wonder if like one thing that I think you've noticed you've made note of and I think you try to put it in the proper context is that like when you rewatch movies from the 80s and 90s they're not always politically correct. And I think you do a good job on the show of being like, well, we kind of have to look at it sort of through it. Like we can for sure point out like, this is not cool, but you sort of say like, oh, well, you know, I, I understand like it, it was the, it was of the time, right? And I wonder if a lot of the people who are voting for the 80s and 90s are sort of looking at them through rose-colored glasses and haven't really watched these movies as recently as they maybe quote-unquote should have if that makes sense no that that makes total sense uh yeah i mean i'm right right on board with you with like the theories here i actually think it's a mix of both i think these two decades are so revered because yes nostalgia and yes they came out in the i don't want to say they came came out as well like like debuted but they were also like very popular in the formative years of a lot of the people who were probably voting. Because I don't know if high schoolers from the 80s necessarily are voting for this, but 80s films made such a comeback in, like, the 2000s. I would argue that 80s films, 80s high school films, rather, were probably more popular than the 2000s high school films when the, uh, at that time. So I think it's just, a, like, a perfect storm of both. And it just, again... It leads to this question that, like, while you've put in a lot of work to do this and we've put in, like, work today to to get our assessment, it probably is premature to assess a decade, you know, with a couple days left of it expiring. For for the better, though, I really do think that you've made a great argument for it that the, the 2010s, this decade that we're closing right now, could be one of the great ones. And, and when people who are maybe grew up maybe teenagers now when they come of age even further and they vote in a poll like this this you know 10 years from now like i said when we're still doing these podcasts that maybe that decade will win who knows i'm gonna urge everybody who voted everybody who listens come down on the right side of history (laughs) reflect back on the last 10 years and realize it's the best decade now again it's something i i want to bring up it's something you mentioned before but very clearly i have homework to do (laughs) yeah there are a lot of films yes absolutely but there are a lot of films on this list a lot of great films a lot of films that got votes that i haven't covered yet and not to get foodie again we don't do that here that's for food (laughs) for foodie films but i feel like how you eat your like thanksgiving dinner really reflects on how you organize your life 
And I'm a kind of guy, like, the favorite thing on my plate, I always save for last. Okay. And I think I've been guilty of, maybe not extremely, but I've been guilty of doing that here. It's a weird form of procrastination, but I think, you know, just to, just to level with the slumberers out there, I love weird stuff, and I love covering the weird stuff, so it's not that, oh, oh I'm saving these films. But there is an element to me where it's like, I don't want to just as you said, do the top 50 films and then be left with other stuff, which is great. I like balancing it a little bit. But I think I need to, you know, get to some of these films. Some of these films I really, really enjoy and I really, really love and I really, really want to talk about. And it's I think it's for the, the slumberer's enjoyment and my enjoyment as well to cover some of these. You know what I'm saying? Now, are you are you in the position to make any announcements? Is there anything coming down the pike that are you going to kick off the next decade with one of the big omissions, or are you doing something else next week? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> oh boy, this the, for, for everybody listening, this was not like a planned bit. I have no idea what Brian's doing next week, so this is uh, he's either going to embarrass himself, or we're going to have like a great conversation. So, what you got for us next week, Brian? Oof. Oh boy, I don't want to. I don't want to leave the topic yet of what next year is going <laughs> to be like. So you, we'll get there. Do you we'll not want to leave that topic, or do you not want to admit to me what you're going to be covering next week? Oh, next year has a theme, Joey, because we're going to cover a series next year, starting with the first week of 2020. That's a little bit of a tease, right there. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. But 2020 behind the scenes, I'm going to prepare it in the next couple days. But I'm going to look at this list because, you know, for me, it wasn't intended to be this, but the Slumbers have spoken about some of their favorite teen films here. And I'm going to put together a list that I did early on in this podcast. And what year was that? 20, what, 2017? 2018? I guess it started 2018, 2018, yep. You know, in 2018, I put together a master list, which, by the way, I've added like 100 movies to, but that's another story. But I put together a master list sent it to potential guests, and they kind of signed up for things. Sure. I'm not going to hold someone who signed up for something in 2018 to a film now, like, oh, hey, Caragal O'Regan, you signed up to do Pretty in Pink. Are you ready to do it next week? You know, like, I feel like that's a little bit of who knows what, you know, that's just an example. Who knows what Kara's thinking today? She might hate that movie today. I don't know. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to prepare a list of maybe 60 films, you know, I know there's 52 weeks in a year, but, and then I'm going to send it to like my favorite guests and I plan to get new guests too in the new year. So it's not going to okay. be the Bible or anything, you know, see what's popular, see what's popping and maybe reshuffle the deck. And I'm going to compile a lot of that list with films that I saw here. Like they will be a part of it. Of course, we'll have some weird quirky things. Of course, we'll do some more exploitation films. Of course, Joe too will be back with a lifetime movie. I can guarantee that we're not going to stay away from the format there. But I want to take some very iconic films and spread them around next year as well. Because I, I just think, you know, I'm so excited to do a movie like Ferris Bueller, you know? I'm so excited Never to talk... Never heard of it. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk Lady Bird. Like, when I first came up with the idea for this podcast, that was one of the movies that I was so excited to talk about. And we're, you know, we're in... Tw- about to hit 2020, and I haven't even talked about it yet. And, you know, you can't save all the good things for last, you know. I'm eager to do them, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Now, Joey, you asked about it. You asked about the homework for next week, and usually I save it for the end segment here. But you're here. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. But um, you and I both know and love Kate Hudson. She's been on your show. She's been on my show. 
she last time she was on for Angus, she professed, and I knew she loved this movie series. She professed her love for the Twilight series. Oh yes, 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 yes. I have never seen a Twilight film. I know what it's about, obviously, because I mm-hmm. live. I live in this country, you know, I live in this world, and by osmosis, I've taken, you know, Team Edward, Team Jacob stuff in, but, like, I don't really know much about it. She is so passionate about Twilight in a very funny and interesting way that she just convinced me to, like, get on board. Frankly, between you and me and everyone listening, I didn't even know there were high school films. Like, I had no concept of the films whatsoever, you know? So... We're opening the year with, well, Twilight, of course, with our guest Kate Hudson, and I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. Again, I haven't seen it, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but her and I have kind of made a vow to cover every Twilight film in 2020. So, on High School Slumber Party, and please, please, guys, don't let this turn you off from the podcast, but there'll be a lot of Twilight, and I think there'll be fun and entertaining episodes, because it seems like a really, really silly thing. I am cautiously optimistic. I mean, I'm always optimistic. I always, I have faith in you and this show that you're going to do every movie justice. I've not seen, oh boy, what have I seen? I think I saw the two Breaking Dawn movies, maybe? <laughs> I think uh, How This Get Made covered both of those. I mean, two of the three main actors in that franchise have gone on to become tremendous actors whom I really love and respect. Taylor Lautner, I don't know where you are, but <laughs> Robert Pattinson, I think, is going to be my favorite Batman. Kristen Stewart's been in a handful of my favorite movies. I don't know that I'm going to watch these along with you, but I'm going to listen from afar and wonder... I want to hear Kate Hudson's impassioned defenses of these movies. I also, more specifically, want to hear what you think of these movies and whether you're able to sort of win... If she can win you over from a, a base of skepticism to something more you know, fervent in your in your fan base. And to be clear, like... She does not think these are the greatest movies in the world. She is very aware what, you know, what they are. Mm-hmm. But she loves them for that. And like that's what tipped me on I you know, I probably would have covered them anyway, but that's what really like drew me into like let's do this, let's open the, the year with this because I believe her perspective is one that we could all benefit from. And it's something we were talking about a little bit earlier like you can, If you have a blast watching something, then it is a good movie to you. Sure. It doesn't need to be made well and be like the highest level of art form. Like If you're sitting down and enjoying something, even if it's because it's silly, even if it's because things just don't make sense, to me, that counts as a good movie. <laughs> Maybe not a well-made movie, but a, <laughs> but a good movie. And, and that's why I'm excited about it. And, uh it's something where, Joey, I know on your show, Too Fast, Too Forever, one of your shows, mm-hmm. I've been listening to the Kara season, and this lap has been so interesting because, guys, if you haven't checked it out, Kara had, had not had a lot of familiarity with this series, and I'm kind of going into Twilight in a similar way. Okay, I can see that. Um, you know, so speaking of Too Fast, Too Forever and all the other great shows that you do on this baby of yours, the Cage Club Podcast Network. Anything you want to plug? Any uh, any cool stuff going on for maybe the end of the decade, the end of the year, or even things next year? 
So I am currently hunting down, going door-to-door for our Cage Club Podcast Network hosts and trying to collect a list of their favorite episodes for each of their podcasts to put together a best-of sort of playlist, in a sense, of the, the best episodes of the year. Again, best to you, best to the host, whatever. So on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, uh, there will be a list of the best episodes of the year. So go check that out. If, you, if, you're, if you've heard Brian talk about a show and you're not really sure where to start, uh, this, in theory, should give you some kind of direction. And it's all, it's not, you know, it's not the most downloaded, it's not the most listened to, it's not the most commented on, but it's the it's the episode that the hosts themselves think is the best reflection of that. So I think that's kind of an exciting thing. Um, you know, you mentioned Too Fast, Too Forever. We are winding down on Kairos Driving School app. You know, we've reached a point where it's kind of every year is sort of two laps, a little bit more than two laps, but just about two laps. So we're going to have two laps next year. Also, a new Fast and Furious movie next year. It's going to be very exciting. And uh, we're, we're heading into the final year, for the most part, of the Tom Tom Club, of Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. You know, Cruise Club is going to wind up, wrap up sort of in the middle of the year. Hanks will sort of wrap up toward the end of the year. But lots of things, lots of fun things to go check out at cageclub.me slash shows, including, of course, Fridays are for fun with the aforementioned Tom Tom Club and this very fine program itself, High School Slumber Party. Um, I love what you said to, like... I have to do mine, and, and Kyle, if you're listening, it's almost due. <laughs> but I, I do have to decide what is the most emblematic episode of High School Slumber Party this year. So I will do my homework, Joey, for you, I promise. Thank you. But you mentioned something like that it might not be the most listened to, and I feel like episodes like this maybe are not the most listened to, but I feel like they're for... I, fans is such a, a stupid word because I'm not saying fans of me, more fans of like the genre and fans of the show. Like what I would compare to on Too Fast Too Forever is when you do like your uh, in between stuff, yep, like the pit stop, mm-hmm. the pit stop. Sorry, the escaped me. You know, I feel like the pit stop, like that's a great way for again fans or listeners or whoever to see a different side of you know, where the dialogue is going to break. Not that it's monotonous, but, I mean, it is forever. Oh, no, by design, it's sort of monotonous. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and I love that, and I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and just, you know, because, frankly, if, if I know we had a poll to guide us, but if me and you are sitting on the couch and talking about, hey, what do you think the best high school movies, like, of the last couple years were, or the decade were? Like, this is how the conversation would go. So, um, you know, I'm... Thankful, Joey, you stopped by today, and and thankful, as always, for you allowing me to do this crazy, crazy, silly project about a grown man hosting a a sleepover. (laughs) Don't thank me. Thank your wife. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that's... uh... I don't know if it's really her, her her choice. I think I think if she was head of programming at CageClub.me, I don't know if there would be a 2020 for me. We'll put it that way. But Joey, again, thank you so much for stopping by and looking forward to you guesting sometime in the new year. I cannot wait to vote and sort of cast my my picks, my preferences for the next 60 movies or whatever. I'm very excited. Hope you enjoyed our celebration of the decades. Big thank you for Joey Lewandowski for stopping by. Remember, he's the godfather. So many shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Check them all out. A big thank you for Joey for being such a big part of the show this year. And every year, but this year specifically because we're just ending this year. I guess a big part of the show this decade. 
though the show wasn't really a big part of the decade. You get it. All semantics. Thank you so much, Joey. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Honestly, I hope you had an awesome holiday. I hope you will have a great New Year's Eve celebration and a happy New Year in general. I think 2020 is going to be awesome. Teased a little bit there. And, oof, yes, this is going to be a fun episode, I promise. If you're a listener of the show, you know Kate Hudson is great. So your homework next week is to... I'm doing it, guys. If you haven't, please do it. And if you have, maybe you enjoy it. Maybe you know it's a shit show. I don't know. But I just know it's going to be fun. Your homework is to watch the OG Twilight. Possibly fast and strong. You gotta give me some answers. I'd rather hear your theories. I have considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. It's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You know what you are. Your skin is pale white and ice cool. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. This isn't real. This kind of stuff just doesn't exist. It does in my world. I just want to try one thing. I don't know how long I've waited for you. What is going on? Security guard at the mill got killed by some kind of animal. An animal? My family, we're different from others of our kind. You brought a snack. What, now he's coming after me? The hunt is his obsession. He's never gonna stop. I'd rather die than to stay away from you. He's got unparalleled senses, absolutely lethal. I'll do whatever it takes to make you safe again. You're faster than the others. But not stronger. I'm strong enough to kill you. You are my life now. Oh, man. Next week's going to be good. Uh, What a way to kick off the year. I just can't wait to talk about what this whole Twilight thing is going to be. Again, I've never seen Twilight. I know what it's about. You know, just from cultural osmosis, but oh my god, it's going to be so much fun. Definitely want to check it out. Same high school slumber party time, same high school slumber party channel, that's for sure. So I was thinking, I kind of regret not asking Joey some of the usual questions. I know, like, it didn't really fit in, it was a free-flowing conversation. I didn't even have him introduce himself in the traditional high school slumber party way. But I think I could have asked him, like, what his all-time decade sleeping bag would be whether that be like oh if he liked the 2010s what would his 2010 sleeping bag be 
or like just pick a favorite movie of all time. But you know what? Let's leave it to the imagination. I'm trying to think like what sleeping bag I would pick too. But I think like just like a mosaic of all the films that we've covered on High School Slumber Party. How about that? And again, I can't say it enough. I can't wait for 2020. I can't wait to start doing some really, really awesome, cool films. Not that we don't already, but it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be our funnest year yet. Most fun year yet? I don't know. It's just going to be awesome. So thank you once again from the bottom of my heart for being a listener, for stopping by here, for making this worthwhile, making it just not me screaming into the void. If you're listening right now, you're doing so much, so much like, I don't know, I don't want to sound like a patient or something, but like so much for my heart because it's awesome. And I, I'll say it, I love you guys. I love you slumbers. You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy 2020. Happy New Year. See you on the flip side. See you in the next decade. Later, dudes. Good idea, Ernie. A toast (laughs) to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. And a boy clan. It's over. Go home. Go.